Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Hello, heart-centered soul. Welcome back to the Hearts Rise Up podcast, where you will always find heart-centered wisdom to inspire your conscious evolution. I'm Carol Chapman, and I'm delighted to have Ulrika Sullivan as my guest on the show today. Ulrika is a former scientist turned author, intuitive spiritual life coach, yoga teacher, and energy healer. She is passionate about helping business women to connect with their intuition, energy, and true selves to find inner calm, self-love, and life balance so that they can live from the heart with more ease and flow. Ulrika is the author of Wisdom Beyond What You Know, How to Shift from Being Driven by the Mind to Living from the Heart and Intuition the creator of the New Light Living See Your Life in a New Light podcast, and founder of the Beyond the Mind membership community. Ulrika, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here having this conversation with you today. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you. And I'm all about living from the heart space. And so when we first connected, I was just thrilled not only because of the book that you have written, but the work that you are doing. And I'm very eager for you to share some of the significant moments that have occurred in your life journey and particularly what led you from being a scientist. And I think you were in the pharmaceutical industry, right? That's correct. Yeah. To an intuitive spiritual life coach and energy healer. I mean, that's a, a real 180. But before we get into that, I have one very quick question for you. How is your heart today? Mm, Thank you for the question. My heart feels so open because it's my birthday today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And so upon a new year, a new personal year, I feel there is an even greater connection to my heart and expansion going on. So yes. I feel great today. (laughs) Well, a very, very happy birthday to you. Birthdays are special. And I hope that you're doing something special for yourself. So happy day for you. Thank you. Let's dive right in. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your personal journey, particularly defining moments in your life. You know, I'm curious how you got into becoming a scientist and then making this shift it seems like a complete 180. It is. But maybe but maybe not. <laughs> yes. You're right, spot on. It was a complete shift. And if I look back 
to tell you a few moments of my life in the past. Growing up in Sweden, I always was interested in learning. And it so happened that I had a relative that worked within the pharmaceutical industry. So when I went to college and I went for more of an engineering background, so I became a chemical engineer, you know, that's how I started. And when I got into the workforce, for some reason, I was drawn to the pharmaceutical industry, but not only because of my link there and my relative that worked. And you know how it is when you're like young, you're kind of, okay, I want to do an internship there. And I so happened to stay where I did an internship one year and I got offered a job. And you know how it is sometimes it's not, not necessarily intentionally planned out and, and you kind of end up somewhere. But that's what happened for me because it aligned with what I was interested in and things came together. Well, fast forward, I spent about 20 plus years in that career, both in Sweden and I moved with my company over here to the United States now almost 20 years ago. But what I found myself, I loved my career, but what I found myself doing was that I tried to fulfill some sort of external expectation. And this is all unconscious, right? We're, as women, we want to succeed and we want to have a young family. We want to have the great jobs, the well-paying jobs. And many of you who are watching or listening might relate to this, that there is this definition of success. And I was certainly part of trying to fulfill that vision of what a successful woman is. What I know now is that during my 20-year career, I did great. I was very successful. However, I was ignoring my own needs in the sense that, like, if someone came up to me, you know, a number of years ago, hey, Eureka, what do you do for fun, for example? I didn't have an answer. And that's an extreme, you know, situation. But, but I remember this question that somebody asked me because at the time, I was so on autopilot. I was multitasking, having a young family, little kids, and you know, that's all I focused on was my career, which really was my whole self identity, and my young family, and you know, all the things that we are supposed to do as successful women. What I know now is that I truly fulfilled the template of, you know, pushing yourself through. What I know now is that even though I was very successful, this career of mine was great, but it wasn't fully aligned with my natural energy because I had to push and I had to feel kind of frustrated. And that sometimes is the result of when we are pushing our way forward in life, we feel drained. Right, right. We feel sometimes frustrated and we struggle. And, you know, as women, sometimes we're just, you know, <laughs> suck it up kind of thing, right? Ignore our own signals, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that brought me to a rock bottom, which I didn't choose myself, but actually the universe was stepping in and say, hey, Eureka, there's so much more for you. Mm -hmm. So it actually brought me to a complete stop in my career. I was in a reorganization. I was let go from my job. And with that, I lost my self-identity because mm. I didn't see it coming. What was rock bottom for you? And how did it feel? 
Well, it felt like, and, and sometimes when rock bottom happens, and I'm, I'm sure many of you listening or watching have had similar experience, but maybe not within your career, but for me, it happened where it mattered the most. And it was my career that I had built my self-identity around. And of course, that's where it hits, right? When a rock bottom happens, <laughs> it's meant to be a life-changing moment. And what happened was that I, I got into a little bit of a trauma there, actually, because I, it was, I didn't see it coming. But today, I say that it's the best thing that ever happened to me. But I didn't see it. I probably on my own would not have made that conscious choice to step out of a successful career into becoming an intuitive spiritual life coach, right? If you asked me a couple of years ago, like, are you crazy? <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm here for. But yes, that is now my life's work. And what happened was that there was much more for me around the corner that I couldn't see at that rock bottom moment a number of years ago now. It's amazing. I can relate very easily because pretty much the same happened for me 20 some odd years ago, but I was in corporate for a very long time. And basically, I wouldn't say it was rock bottom, but I hit a point where I knew that I needed to make some changes and started the process of doing that. So that's another story. But I wanted to just say that I'm I can relate very, very easily because success, it means different things for different people. And oftentimes we are led to believe that success means something for us. And deep down underneath it all is just a facade because we're paying attention to what other people think success is or what society or cultures or our parents or our peers or whatever think is successful. But successful really is all about what feels right for you and what you are doing in the world. And I applaud you for taking that step because that's a major step. It really is. I'm curious, based on the work that you're doing today, what is the biggest obstacle keeping most people from becoming less driven by society's pressures or others' definition of success. Yeah. You use the terms being mind-driven versus heart-driven or heart-centered. What is the biggest obstacle in your experience that I think most people have when, from making that shift? So the biggest, what I've found working with many clients is that it is the lack of connection to our true self. And what I mean with that is that it is a major shift to go from being driven by the mind to connecting with our heart energy. And if I were to ask most people, like, why don't, what, what is the shift here? It is in my experience that unless we become aware of what actually is part of the brain and brain kind of mind domain and how that inner conversation that is often driven by our ego or conditioning or patterns that we have built up, unless we become aware of that inner conversation that is driven by, by the mind 
it's very, very difficult to make that shift to the heart because what the heart, and if you guys want some inside scoop here on what, how to actually, you know, how do I know if, if it's my mind or my ego or it's my heart, if you ever like, so here, I'll give you a little tips here. Let's say you are about to decide something. And in that inner conversation, it often happens like, is it this or is it that? Is it, should I do this or should I do that? Or is this one better or is that one better? It's that polarity between, you know, back and forth. Mm. If you are uh, in that type of conversation within yourself, not knowing, self-doubt, all of that, this or that, that is a product of the mind. When you tap into the heart, it just is. There is no like this or that or right or wrong. It just is. So anyone who's listening or watching, <laughs> listen, observe yourself for a little while to see like, huh, next time you make a decision, is it this back and forth or is it just, I just know? Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice because so many of us get caught up in that cycle of the mind and then we're questioning, okay, well, which is this? Is this my heart speaking or is this the mind speaking? And I think that's a really great way of uh, putting it in perspective because when you take a moment and allow yourself to push all that away or set it aside and just be with yourself, um, I think you're right. It is a knowing. It's being willing to trust that, to follow it. And that's probably another, I think, stumbling point for people is to follow it. To get out of that comfort zone, right? It really precedes any self-awareness that we ever get into, right? It's that willingness to even consider, is there another way? Can I see things in a different light? So yeah, that's step one. But then after that, it's like, huh, what is it that's going on here? <laughs> what are some things that you help your clients or would help anyone who's listening here making that shift so that I can move on making the decision that this is, I know this is right for me and carrying it forward because it's so easy to get pulled back into the mind. What's your suggestion on that? Yeah, for me, what I often work with my clients on is to first of all, slow down. And most people don't want to slow down because that gives a feeling of being behind or missing out. I call it also making space for yourself in your own life. So it often starts with a little bit of an inventory, like how are you going about your week, for example? And what I often find is that people don't make time or space for themselves in their own life so that we can touch or connect in with the heart space. Because if we don't do that, it's, it's very hard to listen to what the body is telling you or what your intuition is telling you or that inner knowing, which is all the same. It's just a different way of tuning in to get your answers. And the mind is very, very trained. And we as a society is very trained in seeking answers from the outside. 
there is this other teacher or this next course, or it's this, you know, asking a friend <laughs> what we should do, right? We're so trained or it's just the way our society works that the information flow, external information flow is overloaded, right? easy to tap into that first. But there has to be a willingness and a conscious choice to make space in our own life for ourselves to slow down, to actually enable that listening that needs to happen in a different way. So it's just opening up a different channel for information, basically. So often what we start with is to kind of how are you going about your week? And especially how are you starting your day? for example. And many, many people, I can just give you an example of myself a number of years ago, like I had my phone on my nightstand, a post-it note with the 10 things and maybe five additional things that I've added during the night. When the alarm clock went off, I ran up into the shower, you know, and then down in the kitchen, a cup of coffee and in my car and off I went. So there's no time in there to listen, <laughs> right? So many of us are still living that way. But so it is not necessarily big changes, life-changing changes to our life that we need to do, but a small adjustment, for example, during the morning to make that space for ourselves, even if it's just five minutes to listen, meditate, journal. And this can be revolutionary for somebody's life who've never even made that choice before. So that's just a little nugget. Yes. Thank you for that. And I think it really is about finding what works for you to clear the space for yourself, clear the space, and then have that space, whether it is sitting down and meditating, or whether it's journaling, or taking a walk, or just having that cup of coffee and savoring the cup of coffee and, and just sitting in quiet. Or it could be just reading, reading something that gets your mind not on overdrive, but it gets you into a different space. So there's so many different things. And I think it's really finding that sweet spot. And of course, I'm a huge proponent of meditation. Anyone can meditate. People don't even realize that they are meditating each and every day as we, maybe not in the traditional sense of sitting down and, you know, shutting your eyes and going within totally. But, you know, there's a lot of different forms of meditation. Just your focused attention on something really takes on the qualities of meditation. I'm curious too, oftentimes what happens with people when they're so caught up and wrapped up in their daily activities that they're not taking the time to clear the space. They're really not taking the time to care for themselves and to really respect themselves and to love themselves because they're so wrapped up in doing, doing, doing rather than being. How important is that in shifting from? the mind, being mind-driven to being more heart-centered, because a lot of people have a hard time, and they, don't, they think that self-love is self-serving sometimes, and it's, it's really not. This is a big topic, because part of living heart-centered is to tap into that self-love and see it as an important part to actually cultivate that. What I 
mean with self-love is not necessarily the external self-care that many of us like I, I have nothing against you know going get your nails done or you know taking a bubble bath and all of that but what we're talking about here is inner self-care mm -hmm. and this is so so important and again like you said before we cannot really go outside to somebody else and ask hey what do you do for inner self-care <laughs> This is a process and journey to find out how you actually source love within yourself. And that comes with that commitment we were talking about. Because a lot of people feel, at least in my experience, a lot of people feel resistance to give themselves love. Mm -hmm. And that comes often from that we expect others to give that to us. Mm. Or we have had traumas in our life that disassociate this self-love that we naturally can source within ourselves, but associate it with something else. So it begins with opening up that discovery of self-love and how we can source it within ourselves. And that often where self-awareness and self-discovery and yeah, that fulfillment, that inner fulfillment starts to grow. And what I've found is that so many people are not tapped into what they're passionate about. Mm. Our interests or hobbies, that's a physical ex expression of, of passions. But often that passion that we have is adopted from somebody else. <laughs> it doesn't come from within. Absolutely. You're a good case in point. But when you were asked, well, what do you do for fun? You know, usually when we do things for fun, it's our interests or our passion or something. So you have first-hand experience with that. I think you're right on target with that. Yeah. If you're listening and want a little tip here, like, how do I know what I'm really passionate about? Like, some clients come to me and say, hey, I'm, I'm disconnected from my life. I don't feel passionate about anything. I, I don't know what it is. And a little tip is, and this is an inner journey supported by, you know, intuitive journaling, things like that, that can help you open up to it. But mm. the key here is like, what is it that you do when nobody is around and you have three days, not three days, but let's say three hours to kill. <laughs> and like, I, I didn't know what to do in, at those three hours. Like, I, I had to sit down and like, I, I don't really in, interested in anything way back then. So it might be that we had to go back in our life to that innocent time when we weren't conditioned as much. And often as it's around 10, 11 years old, something around there before teenage years that we allowed ourselves, many of us had that pure creativity, that pure innocence about us, but we are, were also old enough to take action and create. For many, that's a seed to what you can bring back today, maybe in a different form, but the feeling, the passion that you had way back when, when you were just creating just for creating sake, that's what we bring back. That's what we want to tap back into. And that's when people do that, it's like, wow. <laughs> and it's possible for anyone to do that, no matter what you have been through, because that has to do with our life force. If we are alive, 
we also have a life force, a spark that is pure. And that's what we're talking about here. That's where our true self is coming from. And once we awaken that, it's like, wow. (laughs) It can take a lot of physical expressions, like how that creativity and life force can take part. But many people don't think, I'm not creative. I can't paint and I can't do that. But we're not talking about the physical expression of that life force or passion. It's an inner experience. And it further down the line, it might be, you know, coming out as you love putting flower bouquets together or, you know, creating in that way, just as an example. But it's not as important what it becomes in physical form. It, the important part is to tap into that within yourself and allowing yourself to go there because we lost it. <laughs> yeah, I think that is very profound, to be honest with you. It doesn't have to be a physical act. And going within and being with your inner being can surface so many different things. And particularly even reflecting back in, you know, your younger childhood years. I mean, I think that, you know, 9, 10, 11 is a, is a great time because you're right. We haven't been as conditioned. Certainly we've experienced some things that have uh, influenced us, but there is that innocence yeah. and there's the non-judgment and there's the awe and the inspiration of anything could, uh, could inspire us at that point, at that age, because we're still very, very open to things. But uh, over time, we begin to shut that down and we don't listen to what is going on inside of us or we're not being with ourselves. And uh, I think that's what's really hard for people is to how, how to tap into that. And it doesn't have to be anything that is grounded in something that is practical, but it could be even just something that you might want to explore because it's what you love to do. Like maybe you loved wild animals. So maybe going to the zoo or going on a safari or something Mm. or something like that would help you tap into that creative aspect of yourself that brings you joy. One of the things that I know is very important for tapping into your intuition and your, your inner wisdom. And when you do that, you can really tap into that creative spark within you is having a spiritual practice. Because a spiritual practice, I mean, most people have a particular thought in mind, just, you know, sitting and, and meditating. But what do you suggest to people? I think that's one of the things that you help others with is developing a spiritual practice that works for them. Yes. The traditional, so, so to say that you say, the gateways into a spiritual practice has been for many years, like through meditation or yoga or things like that. But I'm, if somebody is already on that path, we expand it. But I would say that the spiritual practice, and I think you, you mentioned it earlier too, is like there is no right and wrong. And people don't like to hear that because then they have to find that what's right for them. <laughs> but that, that's the whole point with the spiritual practice is that it is this journey of what works for you. And you have to kind of 
be in that space because with that, you just know. But when I start to work with somebody, it's often through looking at not only, because I, I want to back up a little bit too, when it comes to energy, because this is all energy, right? There are ways of finding out how your natural energy works and that there's so much information about you, each individual out there already that we can use. And I use, let's say, astrology or gene keys or human design in various forms to support gaining more and more insight about each individual's natural way of approaching energy or running energy, if you will, that can help. And often that leads us into what spiritual practice, because spiritual practice is something we do, right? In our human world, it's something that we making space for ourselves in our day to, to tune into our true self, which really what it is. But what it does is spiritual practice is also, I help others to expand that view of perspective of who they truly are because many people that come to me they see themselves as this human in the body right and then once we start to work with meditation practice or visualization mm. or journaling intuitive journaling are very powerful most people resonate with writing and i mean we're so trained to write like uh, all school years we were writing essays and writing 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 but this is different. It's to allow that flow of words coming through us through knowing your astrology or your, your energy imprint. I can help also suggest what is your unique talents when it comes to your intuitive gifts. Is it writing? Is it walking, connecting with nature? Is it, and often it's just a validation of the person already knows. But if we are cut off or disconnected from our senses or our, our talents and gifts, it can be hard sometimes to say, like, I'm good at this or this is my preference. Mm. But when somebody is presenting that to you, because I see it in your astrology chart, for example, then it clicks like, ha, huh, yes. And when the willingness is there to try something new, be curious about themselves, learning something about themselves, when that curiosity is there, yeah, I'll go home and test drive that. Let me try it for a week. And then they come back and say, yeah, like I found it. I found it. <laughs> so that's that process of self-discovery, becoming self-aware mm. has to do with also allowing yourself to expand your perception of who you are and expand to listen to body signals or downloads in terms of your intuitive hits that you get. Mm -hmm. It's a different way to get information instead of just trying to figure it out up here. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that is really a great way of putting it in perspective that it really is, it's a personal process and you just need to play with it and be willing to explore you know, different things that can bring you joy and that can bring that creative, intuitive aspect within you out. I'm curious, there are some things that you cover in your book around how you can shift to being more intuitive and more heart-centered in your life. What are those seven, I think they're shifts or steps, 
I'd love for you to share the basics of that. Of course, we can go over each of the steps, but I would say that we talked about the first, which is the first shift, really, because in the book, in the third part of the book, I lay out these seven inner shifts, which I have found are really a sequential <laughs> thing. And here's why. Because the first shift I described this shift to go from the comfort zone to a commitment. If we don't get over this need or urge to come back, it's like a rubber band, right? We try to stretch ourselves. Okay, this year I am going to, or this month I'm going to, we're out here. The rubber band is stretched. Mm -hmm. And then we come back <laughs> to the comfort zone and we, we kind of know maybe next week, right? Unless we get to the point where we cannot see, we're not going to go back to an old pattern or we're not going to approach a thing or view a thing in the same way as before. That's the step, right? So the first shift, I go in depth into how to make that commitment to yourself and when to know that you have made that commitment. And I describe in the first chapter my own story around this point of no return, which it is really an, an inner knowing that a new door has opened up. That really is the first shift. And many, many people are not getting past that first shift. But when you do, you know it. You can't miss it. Then it moves on to what we've talked about quite a lot so far is that to go from being that disconnected from our life and our senses, pure disconnection, autopilot, whatever you want to call it, into becoming self-aware. And that really is where most people are spending a long time once we open up that door, there's a lot to learn <laughs> about who we truly are, mm -hmm. including our intuitive gifts, but also our perspective and perception of things. We are all working on this, right? Becoming self-aware. The third shift that is so important is we're all to some extent codependent. Right. And that is often based on our immediate relationships or past relationships, conditioning, and all of that. The third shift is talking about becoming sovereign. Mm -hmm. And sovereignty is, yeah, it's like putting ourselves, I usually say this, putting ourselves at the top of the mountain in our own life. Mm -hmm. I love that. So that we can see like that eagle's perch of our own life and our perspective on ourselves and others. That enables us to be more connected to a bigger universe. And before we do that, and often so many times, including myself, I put myself at the bottom of the list all the time. Like there's no chance to kind of get up there with that eagle's perth. I'm always last on the list, right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge shift to become sovereign within ourself. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all about that self-empowerment. Yeah, I like to refer to it too as freedom to choose. Freedom to be who we are, yes, and choose what we like and what we don't like. Also, what is very important is to s learn how to set energetic boundaries. Mm. This codependency that many of us are consciously or unconsciously in with others are preventing us from feeling sovereign or being sovereign in our own life. And that's a huge shift to kind of stand up for ourselves in a way that it serves us and not compromise, mm. not in the way that is not serving 
us for the highest good. And it's all a matter of your perspective, just shifting your perspective on that. It's changing your thoughts around it. Yes. It needs to be experienced because this particular shift to become sovereign is very easy to say, well, I'm my own person, but that's when we start to walk the talk in practice in our day-to-day life. How sovereign are we in our day-to-day life? It absolutely is. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the practice. Go on, go on. Now, the fourth shift is many of us are learning creatures, right? We want to learn, learn, take all of the new in, right? All the time. Mm. But at some point, we have to kind of put down the books or the trainings and you know, in, new inspirations for to actually become what we've learned. And that's what we're talking about. Once we, we have to become sovereign in our own life before we can embody who we truly are, our true self. And it is about stepping away sometimes from that urge to learn because the mind also wants to kind of, oh, what's over there? There's, that's a new shiny object, a new theory somebody put out or that new something that's going to solve everything. It's that urge to have the quick fix and learn something new, buy that extra thing, and that's going to solve it. Instead of committing to your own practice to truly day-to-day become who you truly want to become. And for many, that feels so huge so that they stay in the learning mode instead of using this opportunity to embody something new and making it into a realistic chunk of work so that you can say, okay, I want to pick that up tomorrow. I want to wake up and continue working on this, right? Because the mind is always going to put up this big, huge mountain. And then we go back to the comfort zone and we start a shift one. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of brings to mind when people are in that learning mode, sometimes you're just seeking. You're seeking and seeking and seeking, but the answers are right there inside you. I love the term becoming because I think a lot of us right now with all that has happened in the world. Yes. And that is happening today, are becoming. We're not all just frantically out there reacting and seeking it from others. We are actually going within Mm -hmm. and becoming strong uh, and secure in our own self Mm -hmm. and our own knowing and being. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. And once we start to embody who we truly are, our true self, that spark from inside, we start to become into our wisdom and stepping out of kind of the logic. So that's the sh- one of the shifts coming down the pike there is that going from logic to wisdom. And that is a huge shift where we start to operate from the heart because in our heart and that energy and it is our wisdom. It's wisdom that we not necessarily have learned in this life. It might be in past lives or through ancestral energy that we actually can tap into and happen to me specifically. Like a lot of things just came into my life. Just a quick example, astrology. I had never tapped into astrology, maybe casually a number of years ago. Once I came into my true self, like it just flourished. And how can I just tap into astrology and know it like this without, I don't have any training. I just picked it up. And for me, that's a sign when, and it's happened different things for other clients. Once we come across something that we've 
been very good at in the past life, we just, it just happens. Mm. It doesn't take that much of an effort. And it might be anything, right? It doesn't have to be astrology. It can be anything. So take note of that. Anyone who's listening, like something just comes to you quickly. Mm -hmm. It's likely something that you already are very skilled at. That's part of your wisdom. Yeah, I want to repeat that. Anything that comes naturally or quickly is part of your skill set. Because we're so trained and, and we have to have the degrees. We have to be trained and accredited and five times you know, awarded to be trusted to have the skill. But this is different. This is the, coming from this inner knowing of just knowing. And that is this innate wisdom that we so long for many of us have kind of just ignored. And the more we tap into that, it's like, yeah, woohoo. <laughs> What's next? And then we start to manifesting, which is the sixth shift. And way back, you remember I talked to you about like how I was pushing my way forward. I was going to fulfill some template yeah, like of success. But to go from pushing to manifesting, which is very different. And on the spiritual path, it's like often where people want to focus on, like they want to jump right there, right away. How do I manifest? But manifesting is actually when you sit in your power, when you are open to your true self, living from the heart, that's when the magic happens, right? Right. You attract when you are in your natural energy and operate from that manifestation happens, synchronicities happen, things are coming to you. Absolutely. So I talk about that in that chapter. And there are some throughout the book, there are practical examples, exercises that are designed to help the reader forward on this path. Things that you actually can do at home. When you're making space for yourself, you Pick up one of those exercises, work through it, and use it multiple times. So I didn't want to just leave people with some theory, right? You want to do something about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So manifesting is a good exercise in there. Actually do less and receive more. I love that. Do less and actually receive more. Beautiful. And the last one? And the last one is really to step into this notion of I'm the individual just here and it's just me, right? That feeling of it's just me things happening to the individual, the perception of the individual to step into when making the shift into the multidimensional perspective that we are connected to it all and each other. And there's much to say about this perspective because it turns the notion of individualism on its head. But when we start to notice that we actually are connected with not only our immediate family, but actually with nature, mm. with the cycles of energy, universal energies, that's when something is happening to us <laughs> inside that we're starting to feel connected to what's going on naturally. Right. Not created by man, but natural events and things that we can sense beyond what is seen. Yeah. That's a big topic. <laughs> but, but basically, that's, in my 
experience, that's where we're heading, kind of where we start to tune into each other and our environment in a completely different way. Yeah, it's almost as if this is sort of the wave of the future right now because of what is happening on the planet and across the globe. But it is very important to lean into this perspective of shifting from the individual to more multidimensional, more multifaceted. We have so much more within us and also we have much more in common than we then separates us. Uh, there's layers upon layers of aspects of ourselves that need to be brought forward. And we find how we are so connected with many of those different aspects. You know, maybe we'll have a, a little more peace, perhaps, within each of us and the planet. What I'd like to do is review each of these just very quickly. The first one is comfort, going from comfort to commitment. The second one, I think you said dis going from being disconnected to being more self-aware, you know, taking the time to go through that self-discovery process and opening up your own awareness about who you are, your life, and other things. And then the third is going from a codependency that we probably are don't are operating daily to understanding that we are truly sovereign beings and really getting back to the source of who we are, our true selves. And correct me if I've missed anything here in the interpretation, but I just wanted to re repeat everything for, for you out there who's uh, listening. Um, the fourth one was going from learning and not just seeking and taking in information, but becoming. And fifth is moving from pure logic to stepping into your own wisdom and operating. And here is where you can operate, truly operate from the heart. And that also speaks to reflecting on your true self. And that true self has an unlimited amount of wisdom, innate wisdom that were tapped into the universal wisdom. And then the sixth was pushing to manifesting. So it's kind of like sitting in your true power and doing less and receiving. And you've got some practical exercises in your book in that section. And then seven, the last one was, again, the, the individual going from the individual aspect to this multidimensional perspective and facets of everything, and not only just the multidimensional aspects of ourselves, but everything in the universe and on the planet. Yeah. So I get that right? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You caught it so well. <laughs> Well, I think this is a great way of just wrapping up our session. I'm glad that you shared that. And thank you so much. And I would love for you to just offer any parting advice for anyone out there who is interested in everything that you're offering and what they can do for themselves to kind of move in this direction in their lives and be more true to themselves. Yes. If you're still listening, you're obviously here for a reason. And if you feel inspired of what we've been talking about here, I invite you to visit my website, ulricasullivan.com, because the support is there. Because this journey of self-discovery or making a shift in your life, it's not that easy to do by yourself. And sometimes it's just that guide, that coach or teacher, whatever you want to call someone like me, to be there, to be that mirror 
for yourself to unravel. And, and often it is just that little extra support that's needed because if you're here and feel called to kind of, oh, I, I need a change or whatever that expression is for you, there is support to, to get. And I invite you to, I have a little seven-step guide on my website that you can just download and get a little teaser of these seven inner shifts and see if that resonates with you. You can get that from my website. I also want to say that it's important to find this guide or teacher or coach, whatever you want to call it, that resonates with you. And you, your soul will know who the right person is. So go on a little quest to, and, and you'll know when you're sitting in front of the right person who is here to be that, you know, accelerator for you next. So trust that. But the first step is really, am I willing? Am I willing to step out of my comfort zone? If the answer is yes, there you go. If the answer is truly no, it may not be the time for you yet. But once you have that yes within you, you will take action. So you can't miss it. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for that, because I think as we wrap up, everyone can benefit from a coach, a mentor, a teacher. Just think back on your life and the people that have been an influence for you in that respect. It's so important to have that opportunity, take that opportunity to work with somebody that you resonate with, because we all have our blind spots. You know, even the greatest coaches and mentors in the world have coaches and mentors. Keep that in mind. Ulrika, I want to thank you so much. Just so many nuggets of wisdom here. It's been such a delight to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Carol. I truly enjoyed it. Thank you for the invite. And for all of you out there, just keep rising up. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. We love the fact that you listen and continue to share it with others because we have so many guests that come on the show that have just had some wonderful things to inspire you with. For now, just keep rising up and we'll see you back next time. Bye for now. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.